Hey everyone, this is That Guy and Hutch, Jason Probst, and you're listening to That Guy and Hutch. Today I have a couple of people in, in my studio with me, my new studio that I'm working out of. I've got Katie Gibbons and April West. Katie is the program director for Milestone Clubhouse here in Hutchinson, and April West is a Clubhouse member. And I, if you don't know what the Clubhouse does, I hope you listen because you're about to find out quite a bit about it. But it's a really great program that's been deployed in several uh, communities across the state. And I think as you listen to the podcast, you'll find that, that it really has some great benefits uh, to the community and uh, particularly for anyone struggling with any um, any mental health issues or any mental health struggles at all. So, Katie, April, thanks for being here today. It's great to be here. It's good to be here. So, Katie, I want to I start with you. Can you just tell me a little bit about the Milestone Clubhouse and the Clubhouse model? And we'll kind of go through a conversation on it, but just in a general way, tell me kind of what, what, what do we do at the Clubhouse? All right, well, general, that's, <laughs> I can talk forever about Clubhouse. Um, well, Milestone Clubhouse started uh, out of a, a needs assessment that was done, I think, around 2015 here in Hutchison. Um, so they were trying to figure out how to address some gaps. And so a couple of the priorities back then they decided upon were, were mental health and um, or addressing mental illness issues and obesity. So they went through a process trying to identify a program that would be good for Hutchison. And they stumbled across Breakthrough Club in Wichita. And um, so it was kind of an effort. Uh, I think there was a mental health consortium or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And uh, United Way. And... Um, so that's how it started. They, they felt like that was a good model to start here in, in Hutchison with addressing a lot of the gaps that we have here. Um, and just to, to let you know the bigger scope, um, there are clubhouses all over the world like ours. Mm-hmm. And uh, clubhouse started in the 1940s in New York City, a place called Fountain House. And, um, and it started actually before that. It started in the 1940s it's called WANA, We Are Not Alone. And it was a group of folks who experienced mental illness and they were trying to figure out how to support each other. So they would meet uh, together on the steps, I think of the library in New York City and provide social support, education and employment leads, that kind of thing. Um, back when you know the, the treatment was horrible, mm-hmm. there wasn't really treatment for mental illness. There was basically just institutionalization, right? Yeah, pretty much. And they were just starting to like look at you know medications and that kind of thing. So anyway, it progressed and in the 1960s it became more, um, it, it became Fountain House and uh, more organized, more structured. And so then there are folks from all over the world, like Sweden, who are trying to identify a, a program that would be helpful for their folks. And so they came over and trained at Fountain House. And so it didn't just kind of blossom and grew. And uh, the basic tenets are, you know, uh, members and staff are colleagues together. So they try to get away from hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people with mental illness uh, diagnosis, you know, they, they have treatment options. They you know, um, they connect with mental health centers and medication, but there's a need to be just people and not patients all the time. And so um, Clubhouse is a, is a place for folks to come and develop relationships and get that support that they need um, in addition to getting those regular mental health uh, treatments that they 
that they require um, at the mental health centers or private psychiatrists or, or something like that. But we, we, we just kind of get together and we provide support for each other and making sure folks get connected to resources in the community. We work really closely here in Hutchison with um, Horizons Mental Health Center and um, other um, organizations in town to provide those additional supports to individuals. We help get folks to doctor's appointments, get them uh, connected with... Um, oh, like we, we help them get their medications, you know, they, mm -hmm. if they don't have medical insurance that pays for a certain medication that they need, um, we, we help them pay for the medication. There, we have some resources such as that. Sure. Um, so uh, we're connecting with folks with, um, you know, uh, support to deal with addictions because a lot of our folks have dual diagnosis of addictions and mental illness because a lot of folks have been, you know, self-medicating. Um, uh, they, they maybe don't realize that they have a mental illness for a long time and then they become addicted to to uh, other substances so we make sure uh, we connect people to those resources and it's just um, so clubhouses like ours exist all over the world and it's very it's very interesting because we have these set of standards that are really the bill of rights for members and a code of ethics for staff and it, 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 it ensures that members are getting the services that they need in order to live productive lives and, and to work towards recovery. And it's those same set of standards right now, there's 37 of them that are, that are uh, acted on in clubhouses all over the world. So you have different cultures. You have folks in Japan that go to clubhouses, in South America that go to clubhouses, you know, Germany and all over the place. And we're all all addressing the same set of standards because we believe that those standards come uh, really represent what folks need in order to to um, be empowered mm -hmm. and to move beyond their mental illness and those standards are agreed upon by clubhouses all over the world so it's like a two-year process where these uh, standards that any clubhouse can propose a standard and then uh, clubhouses all over the world members and staff and all those clubhouses come together and discuss you know language issues and and does this really you know address what their personal issues are mm -hmm. in their clubhouses and uh, so you can you should be able to go in any clubhouse in the world and get the same kinds of you know vibe you know yeah. uh, the same sort of relationships it's, it's really exciting that is and so to, to change that, like you said, is a two-year process, but yeah. you kind of have like a governing body, but you're kind of self-governing, right? Oh, yeah. So the clubhouses all get together and make that decision about yeah. how do we want to change? Yeah. Do we need to change this, and if so, how? Right, and, and different clubhouses, um, you know, have representatives on, there's called the faculty of the Clubhouse International. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to be on the faculty of the, of the Clubhouse International. So there would be a member from other, another clubhouse somewhere in the world um, with a staff from another place in the world. And they would meet and they would evaluate this clubhouse somewhere in the world to see if they adhered to the clubhouse standards. Okay. And um, so it really is a very unique kind of an organization. So... If you if you go to a clubhouse, what I mean, what can you? I've been in there and I've mm -hmm. seen. You know, you've you've got the tables and chairs set up, and there's a lot of activity yes. going on. There's a kitchen. There's a uh, kind of a uh, computer stations and things like that. But what can uh, what what can someone find, or what can they expect if they if they go to a clubhouse? April, you want to touch on some of that? What they can find if if they go to the clubhouse. They, they can find people who are just like them, who 
who want to communicate with them. And they can also, like me, I'm the activities director, so I come up with all the different activities that, that we do during every month. And basically, you know, they can just have a fun time. And if they wanted to get on the computer, you know, during free time, during social time, they can go on the computer, do what they want. Um, they We have arts and crafts that they can do if they want to color a picture. Just different things. So um, April's really involved in our social program, so she helps us figure out some activities to do outside the clubhouse and inside the yes. clubhouse for fun. But when you come into the clubhouse, uh, we also, you know, it's a group of folks that we have meetings. Some of our folks don't like meetings too much, right? <laughs> right. I don't but, like meetings very much either. But the, <laughs> well, the, the meetings, they're, they're sometimes boring. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's April, but you'll also talk to some people that really find them quite exciting because what we do is it's important to me because you want to empower everybody to be able to make decisions. So decisions aren't just made by, by staff at the clubhouse. It's members and staff together. And so for in order for, for everybody to be able to uh, have a say in the decisions that are being made, you have to meet about things that are happening. So we have unit meetings where we talk about what's going on out in the community, uh, what decisions do we need to make as a clubhouse. You know, like uh, we talk about, you know, funding, um, you know, our grant writing. So if we have a, a grant that we're wanting to write, we bring that back to the community, the clubhouse community, and we talk about what are our needs, how much is it going to cost, um, you know, can we really afford this now? And uh, we make priorities that way. We make uh, decisions on where we're going to go each month. Um, April will come up with some ideas, and everybody else will come up with ideas. And mm -hmm. then we decide what we're going to do for fun. Like, are we going to go to Wichita, go to the zoo? Are we going to go to Coronado Heights uh, over by um, Lindsberg? Which is um, what we did this month. We went yeah. to Coronado Heights, and we saw that big castle mm -hmm. <laughs> and went on a hike around the building. Yeah, it was fun. And, but we also decide on like what needs to be done that day. So we're all taking care of everything. So one of my first questions that was given to me when I first started 30-some years ago was, how do you feel about uh, cleaning toilets? And I'm like, I like a, a clean toilet. you know. So we clean toilets together, but we also make lunch together but of course wash hands first um, but we make lunch together we we go shopping together we um, you know uh, do our attendance together we have computers where we track our attendance uh, and outreach so outreach is a really big part of our clubhouse we want to make sure that folks aren't isolating in the community so if we haven't seen them for a couple of days we'll call them up and just say hey what's going on is there anything that we can do to help you We'll uh, stop by their place if they're needing some help. If they they can't get out, if they you know need a meal or something, we'll take them a meal. Um, just anything that that individual might need. So when you go into the clubhouse, first of all, you'll see our dining room because that's kind of where we all gather and mm -hmm. discuss stuff. We have our meetings there, and then you venture back and you'll see different areas of the clubhouse where we have computers set up where members can do, you know, look at what's going on in the state mm -hmm. of Kansas that we maybe want to go take a, a trip to or or what's happening in the community where we want to be a part of the community um, third Thursday is what's going on there mm -hmm. um, we'll, uh, we contact other clubhouses all over the world too to just kind of find out what they're doing in their clubhouses to try and strengthen our own clubhouse we go to 
presentations together. We're doing the uh, consumer um, recovery conference right now. Uh, we're going to be sending folks to an international conference in Baltimore, Maryland this fall so we can meet other people from all over the world, uh, folks who um, um, live with mental illnesses and, and those staff who work with them. Um, so it's it's just a really great network networking opportunity uh, when we go to these places. We go to trainings all the time. Um, and, and then we also focus on wellness. So one of our big pushes is to really help people to learn how to eat healthy and exercise. Mm -hmm. And so we've got some funding through Cargill to help with that and United Way. Um, Hutchison Community Foundation has helped provide support for us to start our employment program. Mm -hmm. So we help people get jobs in the community and we're working with employers to identify positions in the community that our members can uh, like have work experiences mm -hmm. in the community and we can help them find longer term employment. So uh, just building relationships with other folks in the community is also a big thing and our members also yes. love doing advocacy in Topeka. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I know you you all came to Topeka a couple of times this year. Yes. Yeah, which I think is so important to make sure that you know people that are in the field of making policy uh, know know who the policy is for and know how it affects people. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, as you were talking about that, it made me think that it, I mean, kind of. It seems like part of what the goal is is to create a sort of community, mm -hmm. right? Just a supportive yeah. community of um, people who share these experiences, people who understand these experiences. Um, can can you talk a little bit about? I mean, and, and I'm thinking too about what you said earlier about the early days of Clubhouse, and it's that you know it begins with the idea of you know not being alone. Can you talk about the importance of that a little bit? What do we see? Um, in, in people who struggle with, you know, mental health concerns, um, it's easy for them to become isolated, right? Or to be kind of separate from the community at large. Is that is that an accurate thought? Well... well I mean, without something like a clubhouse. A clubhouse kind of helps. Yeah, well, without a clubhouse, that would be... Without, without Milestone Clubhouse, people would be isolated, you know, they wouldn't be able to get out and get around and get out in the, in the community. But since we have Milestone Clubhouse, we're giving people a chance, you know, to get out and, and help out. And we have a lot of fun. We joke yes. around a lot. We do oh, lots yes. of practical jokes on each other. It's <laughs> yes. great. So, um, like, back, back in the day, the only option was long-term institutionalization. So, um, I have family members who have been institutionalized, and I had a brother that was institutionalized a couple of different times in the 80s, and I would go visit him, and there were people that were there, you know, Osawatomie Topeka State Hospital at that point in time that had been there for years and years, 20, 30 years. And now they try, they're, they really try not to do that, you know, with the uh, community integration and that kind of thing. but. But that's where we were at. Folks were spending their whole lives in institutions. Their families were worried about them being on their own. The medications weren't good enough, mm -hmm. and um, and 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 you know, so that's where they were at. So sometimes people, you'll hear people say, "Well, we didn't have this problem with pe mental illness back when I was, 
younger. Well, it's because they were all in institutions mm -hmm. or you just in, didn't you just didn't see it. We didn't see it, and they weren't getting the treatment they needed. So, so now with medications and the support, you know, in the environment, uh, Horizons got has some great programs. Their ACT program is great. They got some great folks over there. So we work really closely with them on trying to make sure that folks can stay out in the community, and and if they get the treatment they needed, they they can get jobs. They can be mm -hmm. taxpayers. They can. They can take, you know, better care of their kids or whatever, and, and, and they aren't isolated, and they don't become, you know, I mean, suicidal behavior is, is really focused on now. You hear a lot of this stuff about, you know, the, the gun issue and is it mental illness or not, but most folks with mental illness are, are likely to be victims of crime rather than perpetrators of crime, and that's really important for folks to know. So many of our folks are just isolating in the community, um, in their own homes mm -hmm. or maybe homeless, and they're invisible. We're talking about people who have severe mental illnesses like major depression disorder, bipolar disorder, mm -hmm. uh, schizophrenia, those kinds of things. So that's that's what our focus is. That that's what our mission is to touch those folks' lives and and um, you know and help the families out. I know families, and I and I get this. You know, parents and, and siblings are so worried about their loved ones. You know, maybe they've had a problem with folks their their loved ones being homeless or or just staying inside and not wanting to go anywhere, fearful of everything around them. Um, it it's just. People can have better lives, you know. We can have more, uh, higher quality of lives. We can get out in the community and 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 share our experiences yes. and um, have fun and be silly and and joke around, mm -hmm. but also have jobs and be able to have our own homes and be able to get a car and be able to take trips like anybody <laughs> else, right, April? Exactly. Right. That that's true. Right. So. Um, and, and, and that's where I think we, we need to focus on more is just getting people normalizing mm -hmm. all this, you know, because we all have issues. All of us get depressed once in a while. But can you imagine not ever being able to get out of that depression, you know, mm -hmm. being so down that you just can't see a way out? And, that's, and there are some people who do that. Yeah. And, and, and that's where we get scared about, you know, the, the suicide rates and, and mm -hmm. you know, people, people exactly. acting out. Um, you know, I, I just think it's interesting that we have all these, you know, when they first started developing these uh, phones that, you know, I'm not much of a techie person, but, you know, they're talking to, to somebody in their phone, you know, they have it on their ear. Uh -huh. And I remember the first time, you know, years ago, I was going and I was at a place trying to get a, a video. And this person started talking to me, talking, and I thought they were talking to me, so I started answering. And they looked at me like funny, and then I realized they had a thing in their like ear. Like an earpiece. Yeah, they okay. were talking on the phone. And I'm thinking, what a great normalizing experience, because now when people with schizophrenia are out and they're talking to their voices, they're talking to somebody that's not there, you know, it's... It's kind of now our society is more used to that. It's people like talk seeing somebody, somebody talking into an earbud. Yeah, right? so I thought, how mm -hmm. cool is that? So, you know, in a lot of ways, it's, it's you know, some of these behaviors are, are kind of more accepted because you're used to folks talking to nobody. Yeah. Um, but uh, we just, you know, we just need to be more aware that, it, that it's, it's not mental illness. It comes, it, the symptoms kind of swing back and forth. Mm -hmm. So somebody can do really, really well for a while and then they need that support. And one thing that's lovely about the clubhouse is, and that's how we really complement the me traditional mental health centers, 
is because folks, when they're a member, they're a member for life. It's mm -hmm. like being involved in a church. You know, you're a church member. You can be a member and go to church and provide supports to other people. And you can also go in times that you really need that support. Mm -hmm. uh, Clubhouse is the same way. And you don't have to wait for an appointment. You know, if you're feeling down and out and you're feeling like a crisis is coming on, you can just come to the clubhouse and get some support. You don't have to make an appointment, which you might not be able to see somebody in a month or two months. You know, you don't have to wait that long. You also don't graduate out of the clubhouse, you mm -hmm. know. So the traditional mental health system is so crisis focused right now because that's how the funding operates. There's not much preventative stuff going on. And we all are starting to talk more and more about the need for more preventative care. Clubhouse is a community that provides support and um, and we're there anytime somebody needs to come in and get some help or if they want to give back they want to come in and make a meal for everybody else come on in and show you us what your talents are you know mm -hmm. you yeah anyway well that, that's fascinating so mm -hmm. it's it really is a preventative thing it's it's yeah. just a baseline there's a place to go and members know that right they might not go for several days or a week or whatever but if they hit a place again and they and they or they're starting to feel um, like a little restless or, or whatever, or down, or whatever the case may be, they know they can go there. Um, and that, that probably, I'm just, I'm thinking that probably prevents a lot of crises uh, in members, doesn't it? Yeah, wouldn't you think so? Yeah, April? it does. Well, April, one question I had for you is, um, you like how like you're down at the clubhouse quite a bit i think when yeah, i've been there you're I'm there. down there almost every day okay so before the clubhouse was around i mean what what did life look like for you did, how did you spend your days before clubhouse well for me before clubhouse came around i used to just walk around town and and just i i never had anything much to do mhm mm and I would just be bored in the house, you know, bored out of my mind. I would just watch TV all the time. And ever since Milestone Clubhouse came around, I've had something to do. It's, it's a good thing to go on the computer and just look up these different places that I can think of to go, you know, for our activities. And that's and that's your job now yes, is to look up that, and think about job. what kind of fun things. Tell me, I know I know you've talked about Coronado Heights, but what are some other places that you've looked at and decided that that people should go um, see? I've looked up Exploration Place, which is in Wichita. Cedric mm -hmm. um, County Zoo, the National Museum of National Arts, National Treasures. I mean, okay, and. Well, I looked up some places in Topeka and Salina, mm -hmm. like the Rolling Hills Zoo that they have there. Mm, Abilene. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, where our... Um, Eisenhower. Yes. Yeah. One of our presidents, where, where he is. And, you know, the Kansas State Fair. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it's just a fun job for me. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> and it does sound like you, you, you do get to take quite a few, you know, nice field trips and nice places yes. to, to go explore and see what's going on, right? Right. Yeah, that's, that's we, good. Yeah, we do a lot of stuff in the city, too. We go to coffee places, go bowling, you know, just whatever members mm -hmm. want to do. So our social program is um, 
want to tell them how often we meet for social? Well, we, we do it every week on Thursday, and we do an out-of-town one every, not every Saturday, but one Saturday every month. We do one out-of-town. So, like, if we want to go to Wichita, do something in Wichita, or do something in another city, we we go there for just one Saturday out of, out of, out of the month. Yeah, last Saturday we went to the River Festival. Yes, we went to River Festival. <laughs> you all went and saw Willie Nelson, right? We yes, we yeah. did. <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you how. I saw the yeah. Facebook post of that, and I wondered how that, it looked like it was a lot of fun. It was. Um, the only thing that was wrong was Willie Nelson. I mean, even though he sometimes sang some of the songs, he spoke them sometimes, too, during the, uh, during the concert. He's always kind of done that. Yeah. 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 Kind of a, a talking singer kind yeah. of thing, mm-hmm. right? It, it was a blast. That was, we don't have too many of those late night ones, but that was one yeah. we had folks that uh, it was on their bucket list to see Willie Nelson. They'd never seen him before. Yeah, because he, he's a legend <laughs> and he's 89 years old. Yeah. So, so if you're going to see him, it needs to happen probably pretty yeah. soon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anybody out there, if you need, if you want to see Willie Nelson, do it soon. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think it seems like because you have a group of people to go with and you have somebody to help with transportation, if, uh-huh. you, if you didn't have Clubhouse, this would probably be a fairly hard thing to pull off. Right. right. It probably, I mean, it helps having people that will support you in trying to do these bucket lists yes exactly items. yeah and it was a big it, it crowd does help. too it was a big crowd so it was kind of nice that um i know i'm, I'm thankful that april's here with me today because i get a little nervous about these things but we <laughs> just support each other and it's a lot of fun we're also open every major yeah. holiday because a lot of folks don't have some place to go on holiday or maybe they go they want to come and see the their their milestone family but then they'll they'll go see their other family you know, part of the day, like all of us, a lot of us have like several houses to touch base yeah. at. So, so one of the places some people drop by is the Milestone Clubhouse to have a Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. You get together for the Fourth of July, and we watched the fireworks together last year. It was that, that's nice. another thing. People at Milestone Clubhouse, we feel like family. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't leave anybody out. We. We welcome everybody that wants to come. We are a family, <laughs> and that and that's important. That's yes. I mean that's that's for a lot of people. I think that's probably a, a missing yeah. element in their lives, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's I mean I think that really can't be understated that that feeling of family and community and that you have a group of people that that are there um, together. I guess with you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about um, resources, and I, I know that um, it, you have some staff that yourself, and, and I think you have a, at least one other person working with you, um, that kind of can help figure out like job resources or, or things like. Can you talk a little bit about some of that programming a little bit? Yeah, so we're just kind of starting that part of our our program. So and and. Thank you, Hutchison Community Foundation. You're amazing to help us get it on that um, that track. 
Um, but yeah, we just hired somebody to help us with um, employment development. So we've also worked, you know, we also have communications with Pillar. They're, they're a very, um, you know, established employment mm -hmm. program in town. So our focus is really working with individuals who have severe mental illnesses. And so I know there's some other folks around that work with a variety of, of um, you know, folks with challenges, but we are, our focus is those individuals. So what we're trying to do is uh, identify employers out in the community. We actually work with Mark over at Toy Depot. Mm -hmm. And April, yes. April got us that connection. So Mark is great. Uh, we go over to his place uh, or his street. Uh, just once every other week, and uh, we sweep up the sidewalk and cool. uh, and right next to the curb, and pick up some trash. And he he appreciates it, and we like being able to contribute back to the community. What we're looking for is uh, part-time work, twenty to uh, twelve hours to twelve to twenty-hour week jobs, but we could take a full-time job and split that in half. And so our goal is that what we would do is identify an entry-level position out in the community and then staff would learn that job and then we would train a member on that job. Okay. So whoever's interested in that job would sign up for it. Um, our parent organization is Breakthrough in Wichita and I, like I said earlier, I've, I've worked with this in this uh, field for over 30 years and I used to be the employment person there. Uh, we've, we've been working with Botanica since 1991. That was one of the first jobs I developed over there. And so every every year uh, we have folks that sign up for that job, members that sign up and they want to do that job and it's working, you know, out in the out in the garden area. And it's, it's lovely if you're an outdoors person. Mm -hmm. And um, so they work that job for six to nine months and then we pick another member from the clubhouse to, to uh, work that job. And the folks get paid the going rate out in the community. So if your typical wage for that position is $8 an hour, that's where our members get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, the member, uh, you know, works that job until, I mean, we, we train that person on the job. So the, the employer trains us once, and then we train all further staff and all further members. Okay. And then if that person is ever sick, has a flu or anything like that, or has a doctor's appointment they can't go in, we fill in for free to the employer. And okay. that's because one of the biggest challenges for, for employment for our population is, um, you know, turnover and, and, you know, just this, yeah. you know, so transitional employment really helps people get back on track. Sometimes yeah. people have never worked before. Maybe they started experiencing symptoms in their teens and never established a work history. Mm -hmm. Maybe they worked up until they're 30, you know, and, and then started having symptoms. And so then they're trying to reestablish those work habits. So that's what transitional employment is for. And so, um, you know, we would love the opportunity to speak with any employers out there that would would like this. It's it's a real benefit to the employer. There are also tax credits available, uh, working with our population, many of them. And uh, and again, once you train somebody, you always have a guarantee that somebody's going to be on the job. I know a lot of folks are out there are so frustrated because people are quitting jobs right and left, or you can't find somebody to fill in a position. Well, what were your answers? So yeah, um, I was going to say with all yeah. the talk about workforce and trying to find people to take jobs, mm -hmm. I I would think that this. Yeah for an employer would be a, a pretty nice offer or a pretty yeah. good deal knowing that you're going to have somebody there to do the job right. all the time right yeah um, so the, so that's part of a process of kind of uh, getting members like you said who may don't maybe don't have a work history or don't have a, a lot of context about employment to kind of get into the routine of what it means to do a job and work and do it consistently and 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 things so and that's designed to kind of create building blocks, right? right. To to move 
members to you know maybe full employment someday is is that kind of the goal of that yeah uh, eventually to go off benefits and have insurance through the company or whatever the thing about mental illness is it's not a linear experience yeah. so um, you know you're gonna have I mean there are just like all the rest of us there are times when we're doing great and there are times when things happen in our lives that we might get depressed um, our daily our mood could change depending on you know maybe what you have for I don't anyway but um, so members can work a TE job and then they might want to have their own job and we can help them with that and then maybe they're down the line they might get sick again and they yeah. might need that level of support that TE provides so T transitional employment is always going to be av available to them. And I know there's another program in town that uses the term transitional employment. Clubhouses have been using this term since the 1960s. So uh, it, it essentially, you're transitioning people into something, you mm -hmm. know. And um, But that's what transitional employment is for the clubhouse. Um, it, it's, it's available for those folks who need that level of support, whether they've done it before and haven't done it, or maybe they're working independently and then they really feel like they need that level of support. So. Yeah. Well, but this, this touched on something I, it's interesting that I want to try to explore a little bit. Mm -hmm. can, can, you, can you talk a little bit about culturally the, the way we treat mental health and physical health differently. I'd say you talked about mental health not being linear, um, but, but we kind of recognize that culturally with other chronic conditions, right? Yeah. If I have a chronic health condition, diabetes or, or any other number of uh, chronic conditions that are always going to be present, we know that, and we recognize this in the physical mm -hmm. world, right? right. We, we right. say we know that somebody has this physical ailment, it's a chronic condition, it can be managed with medication, sometimes that doesn't work, um, and, and we tend to make allowances for that. We build you know, PTO, we have an ADA program, all these things like that. Um, wh why, is that why is that same fundamental element handled so differently in the world of mental health, do you think? I don't. I don't really know. I don't understand it myself because you don't talk. You don't refer to somebody with cancer as yeah. I'm a. I'm a cancer. Yeah. But so many. So many people say yeah. I'm a schizophrenic or you're a schizophrenic, or you're a bipolar or you're a depressive. You know. And it's it's like folks. Their identity is lost in their in their diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And um, I. I don't understand. I guess. I don't, I don't really understand it because sometimes it's an invisible thing. I think uh, our norms in society expect us to act certain ways. And uh, if you do something that's outside of the norm, then folks are, are shocked and, and uncomfortable. Um, but I also, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't know. I don't really have an answer for that. I don't understand it myself because, I mean, that's what Clubhouse is all about. It's about fighting the stigma of that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's and the parity issue as far as medications. I mean, that's an ongoing conversation. I know a while back they were talking about how, you know, well, uh, Medicaid will pay for certain medications, but they won't pay for the good, you know, the newer stuff, you yeah. know, they want them to start at one point to see if that works and then, and then step them up. It's the a step, step program. yeah, the step program. And, yeah. and I tell you, you know, when my brother was uh, in the 80s, when he was taking medicine, I mean, this was a guy that used to walk all over the place, really thin, had a funny sense of humor. 
and he was in the hospital and I you know there are folks still using Thorazine and some of these other medications and they work for them but with my brother he became bloated he would sit there and he would like uh, wave his head back and forth and he would drool and uh, he didn't start smoking until he was institutionalized because there was nothing else for him to do and he wasn't able to to do anything I mean this is what medications back then the 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 lower step medications yeah. did for him and um, so it's it's just a constant battle to tr try and have that equity you know um, in treatment and and what's available to folks and how folks are treated and but you know what if you really get to talking with everybody almost everybody I've ever talked to has somebody in their family that has a mental illness yeah. a severe mental illness and I'll be visiting with, I've visited with many people in, in the community over the last six, you know, eight months or however. I've, I've started with Milestone uh, a year ago, July. Um, I've talked with all kinds of folks in this community, you know, leaders of our community. And you get to talking with them after an hour, they'll say, yeah, my aunt had a mental illness or my brother died of suicide. You know, so these these issues, the, these folks are out there, but we just don't talk about it. And, I know, Katie, yeah. there is another mental illness out there that is really bad these days. That's autism. Mm -hmm. Well, autism, you know, yeah, because but, but I also want to clarify because I think in this community we, we think, that's what I've heard a lot, April, I'm sorry, I'm going to counter you on that one. okay. Because autism is, is, is not a severe mental illness. So that's not really the focus of our program. It, our fo focus is on severe mental illnesses. Well, we do have some people who have autism. Uh, yeah, we have folks that our, have both. And and, yeah, in our yeah. program. Right, but um, our, our focus is on those with have, that have severe depression, uh, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, those kinds of things. We have a couple other programs here in the community that are amazing, disability support services and tech. Um, they, also, they work with a lot of folks who have developmental disabilities, mm -hmm. cognitive disabilities, um, and we just felt like there was something missing, there was a gap here in this community for those who have severe mental illnesses, and so that's what we're trying to address. Well, because before Clubhouse, there, there really wasn't anything in place for, I mean, people with severe mental illness um, wouldn't necessarily qualify for the services that are available for um, developmental disability or, or cognitive issues, right? Well, and some of our folks were getting uh, services there, and some of them still get services at those okay. other places. But, um, but again, we're, we just want to focus on that one piece. Um, and again, Horizons Mental Health, they have a lot of uh, great groups and, and other activities, and a lot of our members go there, and then they also come to the clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but again, um, funding issues, you know, make it difficult for people to get ongoing, regular, daily kind of supports. And so that's why Horizons works with us really closely to provide that extra support that folks might need. Yeah, because um, some, of, some of the programming that's traditionally been in place is, is reactive, right? Yeah. To, like you said, it's crisis focused. Yeah. Um, you and they don't like that. They don't like that they have to just deal with the crisis, but they're understaffed and yeah. and the funding is not there to provide other services. But the thing about being crisis focused yeah. is you, you never know when that's going to happen either. It almost creates right. another crisis because yeah. if you don't have the staffing and there's a uptick in, in crisis among people with, with uh, mental Ill illness, mm -hmm. then you now have to deal with that and you may not have the capacity to deal with that as a, as a reactive center. But 
it's, you you talked about that being proactive, and I know that. Um, you know, I'll put you on the spot. I know there's a brochure that we worked on a little bit. Yes, you um, did. You and helped it, us with that it, one. It had some statistics, but there are some pretty remarkable statistics about the benefits of, of the clubhouse model in terms of reducing overall medical care cost and health care cost mm-hmm. um, for people with mental illness and, and all, often um, to the general public who ends up paying for some, or, or hospitals absorb this in uncompensated care a lot of times. Can you talk about that a little bit? Right, well again, I, I'm not so uh, good with the numbers anymore in my head, I don't remember that, but if you go to Clubhouse International, uh, it's you can go uh, on online and look up Clubhouse International, and that has information about clubhouses from all over the world. It has a lot of articles, a lot of information. Uh, Clubhouse is a, is a SAMHSA best practice. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been recognized by SAMHSA Um, but uh, there's uh, from what the research has shown uh, fewer hospitalizations and less interaction with law enforcement if folks are connected with a clubhouse and it's because of those supports that they can receive and and um, you know the the connections we have with resources in the community so. And that's something we haven't really talked about much. That is a that is a real concern, right? If somebody is having a, an episode or a mental health crisis, um, and and things are not going well, that that interaction with law enforcement may not always go very well. Right. And there's a great organization here that started. I mean, Hutchison's got a gr- lot of good stuff. I love this place. Um, a lot of amazing folks, and a lot of amazing things happening. So there's a stepping up council. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Lisa Gleason from United Way is heading that up right now. But it's a great uh, group of folks that are engaging mental health support folks in the community and law enforcement and judges to talk about the needs of the community and to help try to uh, get folks uh, redirected out of the justice system into treatment mm-hmm. and supports. Um, so I encourage you to look them up and, and get more information about that. I've, I've attended a couple of meetings and I'm looking forward to being more involved with them. Yeah, because that's an important thing. Like that, the, the criminal justice system isn't really, we, we've unfortunately historically ran people with severe mental illness through the criminal justice system, yeah. but that's not the, that doesn't produce the best outcomes. Right. Yeah. Well, we just got this thing, I guess, in the state. And our clubhouse did a lot of advocacy on this, the 988 mm-hmm. um, yeah. number. So now it's going to be easier to call a crisis number instead of, uh, you know, taking up the time to call 911. Plus, hopefully that, that'll that uh, engage more folks in um, uh, mental health field to address uh, crisis situations instead of sending police officers. So it'll, it'll decrease mm-hmm. the amount of time that police officers need to... Uh, address, you know, react to those kinds of calls, and plus it'll, it'll get folks the the services they need right away, instead of uh, and, and they'll avoid going to jail and then being diagnosed. Because sometimes when people are in jail, they don't get the medications that they really need um, yeah. uh, initially, and and it's it's been a, a long road, but I think there's been some really good stuff happening in Hutchison to try to address that issue. But we've got a long long way to sure. go yet. Yeah. It, and and it's uh, it is. I do think we have some some good things happening here, uh-huh. um, but largely because there's a number of people that, right, like you said, the Stepping Up Council recognized. And I was involved in one of those early meetings, and it was yeah. a room full of people who. Uh, from a broad spectrum of fields, uh, from law enforcement to the medical community to 
business people who recognized that this was something that um, we wanted to take a different look at this and take a, a different approach instead of just arresting people and putting them in jail and then sending them back out on the street with yeah. no resources and then running through that cycle over and over and over again. Right. Right. Uh, so we've talked a lot about the the clubhouse model and milestone clubhouse today, but I, I always like to end with asking people just if you can ex maybe explain one thing that you wish people knew about clubhouse uh, that they might not know uh, that, you, that you kind of wish that, that they would understand. Well, clubhouse, uh, some people think of it as because the name, they think of it as a place where folks come and just kind of hang out and they're there and then they come back the next day and then they, you know, but we're really, we're, we're a place where folks can come together and provide support for each other, but our, our main intention is to really connect people to the greater community out, out, outside of our walls. You know, get them uh, connected with um, other community folks and, and uh, employment and education and get housing. And uh, just to realize their dreams and not just, you know, have a place to go just to sit all day long. So that's one really big thing. We're a place for folks to start, you know, living their lives. Yeah, start their lives in yeah. a place to explore and right. jump off from. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and also um, they they can feel like it's a a safe environment to go to for when they're feeling down or depressed. They can talk to someone about how about how they're feeling about their emotions, and you know just feel safe and out of danger. And you feel pretty safe at the clubhouse, yes, right? Yes, and I feel pretty safe myself there. Because you have a lot of support and a lot of staff mm -hmm. that's helping you and everything. Exactly. That, that's how I feel. I'm sure other people would feel that same way, too. Well, thank you both for coming on today and sharing your story and talking a little bit about the Milestone Clubhouse. And you, uh, Do you want to give the address again and the phone number oh, and any sure. other information? And, and if people want to drop by, they can just drop in, right? Right. We might be having a meeting and ask you to come back in about 15 minutes. But um, we're um, open 8 to 4 um, every day, um, 206 North Main Street here in Hutchison. And our phone number is 620 uh, Five zero zero three. All right. Well, thank you for coming on today and sharing a little bit about um, one of the one of a, a really great asset that we have in Hutchison. I'm I'm glad that you all are doing this work in the community. Thanks, Jason. Thank, thank you. you. I'd like to thank a few of the people who have helped make that podcast in Hutch possible. My son Mitchell Probst wrote and recorded the music for the show. Jenny Brigette put together some great graphics and promotional art. And Chris Acker helps overcome my mistakes to produce a great sounding product every episode. That podcast in Hutch is made possible through a collaboration between the Hutchison Arts and Culture Collective and Salt City Sound. They're working to bring resources and infrastructure to support art, music, and storytelling in our community. If you have an idea for your own podcast, reach out to them at podcasts at saltcitysound.net. If you enjoy that podcast in Hutch, be sure to subscribe and share it with all your friends. You can also help support this production by subscribing to thatguyinhutch.substack.com or by emailing me at thatguyinhutch at gmail.com to learn about sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week.
Assault City Sound production.